Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. Welcome back to The Wave, uh, another late-night recording of The Wave. So, again, you'll probably be uh, listening in the morning, uh, relaxed, calm, and me and Gavin just want to get to bed, but we have busy lives, and this is what we have to do. Yep. We do this for you. These sacrifices we make for you, our listeners. And I already told y'all that Gavin is here, so you know that's your other co-host, and I'm your other other co-host Colton Watson and uh welcome back to the show welcome we're affiliated with wave say that every episode y'all know that by now I'm, I don't owe wave any big promotions right now so I'm just gonna tell y'all to go follow wave on Instagram yeah. that's all I'm gonna say three million three million on just that one to- total it's like a hundred billion <laughs> but you know not to toot my own horn or anything I've got seven thousand of those mm. <laughs> Hey, I hit 21K today. That's dope. Gavin's page could eat mine, and he still is nice to me and lets me uh, run the show. <laughs> so he's he's the real MVP. Uh, anyway, um, so today, today, you thought, y'all thought, y'all thought so bad, that now that it's July, that there's nothing going on, and these episodes are not going to much to talk about. Well, here's the thing. We don't even have a guest or anything today. And this is probably the most jam-packed show we've had. And y'all are like, what? But I promise it is. We're going to cover more than four sports today. And we're going to blow through some stuff. Yeah. So we're going to get started right now. Y'all don't seem to like the longer uh, episodes, so we're going to try to keep it as short as possible. Every time we say that, Gavin, it ends up being three hours. Yeah, long. but today we mean it. Okay, we mean it today. All right, so starting off, with women's basketball, and I'm going to start this off because I used to be a manager for them. I uh, I still could, like, if I saw the coaches at Walmart, they'd say, hey. So I feel most qualified to talk about that. On top of that, Gavin does not follow women's basketball as closely as the other three yeah. sports, and it's hard. Yeah. We and him follow the same amount of teams because he follows the Atlanta Braves a lot more than I do, and I love the Braves, but there's a limit. The only person that can – exceed my limit of teams to follow is actually going to be the next guest on the show. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, mm. but I'll explain. He follows more teams than I even know. Anyway, <laughs> get into women's basketball, though. Um, the women's team, Mississippi State's women's basketball team, was selected to represent the USA in the World University Games. What that means is some of these teams have actual national teams of, with for this age group, and some of these teams are just – I think most of these teams are in that first category – us, the United States at least, they just send a university to represent the United States. They don't just pull all-stars. It's not the dream team. They send a good te- They send one of the best teams that they could possibly think of, and they chose us because we have been one of the better teams in the entire NCAA the past couple of years. And what that means is that all of your incoming freshmen and transfers get to play real games together. They played a friendly yesterday against Japan, uh, who does have a whole national team. And they beat them 79 to 78. That's pretty impressive. Um, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Pretty kind of, you know, a scary win. They came, They had a clutch and one basket from Jessica Carter, who was going to be a sophomore uh, in the last five seconds of the game. Jessica Carter, I'm very, very excited about her. She, had, she finished with 24 points and eight rebounds, shooting 75% and did not miss in the second half. She, uh, guys, that's your next Sierra McCowan. She's about 6'4", 
big, strong, but a lot quicker and more athletic than I say that. I saw Tierra Pratchett. She was at she wasn't terribly quick, but she was athletic and could move her feet uh, on defense. Now she wasn't speedy and shifty on as on offense. She was more didn't have to be that way because she was six seven. Yeah, and um, uh, I know I'm going off script right here, but I know these are also your girls, so you might know what's going on. But how is Maya Taylor doing? Maya Taylor's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all aren't ready for my so, Taylor. So, for those of y'all that you might know this, you might not, Colton's, but my Taylor's from I my do. school district. So it's like, I, I literally, she has, she uses the same trainer that a lot of the guys from my high school use, the basketball players from my high school use, and they would literally talk about how they would go into Maya Taylor's training sessions, like she'd be finishing up as they're going in, and this dude would have her. She would, I think, to end every single practice, she had to make twenty-five threes in a row. She can, she can absolutely play. She's a bigger, faster Morgan Williams. Yeah. And she, I think, and you know how coaches with this point guard, she can, she has the potential to be legendary. Uh, and I mean that. She redshirted. She still got four, uh, four years to play. So, I actually, when I was a manager, I helped. Um, no, she has three years to play. Yeah. She was a sophomore last year. I have. Uh, She's my age. I know that. I helped Maya with her free throws. I saw Maya make 59 out of 60 free throws in a row once. Uh, also, funny story, the first time I met Maya was actually at her senior prom. I went to Olive Branch prom. I don't uh, – long story, but I, I, I'm not from there at all. <laughs> but uh, that's the first time I met her. So, anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. She's going to be fantastic. Uh, she started the game. Jasmine Holmes also started – Jasmine Holmes is done, but they're still letting her play. Uh, since she wasn't drafted and she's a senior, they're still letting her play with the team in the American games because they need. They, I think they wanted an extra guard. We have some guys hurt, so obviously Chloe Bibby's not playing. Thomas Taylor's nursing injury. More about her later. Anyway, we've dwelled on this a little bit long already, but I'm going to keep going, bruising through it. Talk about some transfers. Both these transfers were uh, on the court uh, yesterday. The first I'd like to talk to you about is from Michigan State. She's going to be a junior. Um, no, I do not have word yet on if she'll be eligible immediately, but I doubt it. Um, they don't normally do that in basketball, even though everybody in football gets to be eligible immediately, even when they haven't graduated. But anyway, Sydney Cooks from Michigan State is a point guard. Or excuse me, she's a forward. Former McDonald's All-American. Averaged 9.5 points and 4.6 rebounds this year. One of the biggest transfers um, in the country. You know, last year we had – Andreel Howard and Andre Espinosa Hunter, both of those were huge, especially Andreel. We do not get as far as we get without Andreel. If I could have, if you had a team full of five Andreels, you probably wouldn't lose a game <laughs> because nobody outworked her on the court or off the court in the program. Um, another player that I'm so excited about, Yamaya Morris. She is from Cochise, I think you say, Community College, which is in Arizona. She's from the West Coast. She had the third highest shooting percentages among community colleges last year, averaged 14 points and nine rebounds. And this girl can dunk. She can absolutely dunk. I cannot confirm or deny if Tierra McCowan could actually dunk. And you never saw it in just practice. Just never got the chance. They, she didn't even try in practice. Mm. But I've seen her jump, and I've seen her get her head up around close to the rim. But I don't know if there's like some big secret. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but this girl can bam. This girl can. This girl can dunk. <laughs> she absolutely can. Can dunk. she like? We're can she see. dunk or can she dunk? 
I mean, she doesn't windmill it, but she dunks. Okay. You know. That means, guys, we're going to see a female dunk a basketball this year at some point. That's out. That's amazing. Another thing I like to say about that is Johnny Harris, an assistant, uh, first chief, I guess, chief assistant, most most important assistant. She is who develops these centers that we that we keep bringing in. And Tierra, if you remember, she was huge but super raw as a freshman and ended up being a player of the year in the SEC, uh, up far and away the player of the year in the SEC. And she's got her and Promise Taylor. Center from Ole Miss, who's six five. I've actually played against her one on one, not even when I was manager, just in the gym. She can play. She can rebound. She's nursing an injury, but she's coming back from that. And those two girls, Promise can play this year. Yamaya can. Yamaya Morris can play this year. They are both going to be crucial. We are going to have that center focused game again with them and Jessica Carter. We have three centers that would probably start for any other team in the country. Uh, that's crazy to think about. And they've all had this time with, with Coach Harris. It's going to be fantastic um, to see that. We do uh, – speaking of more people on the team, um, we had this – brought in the sixth highest recruiting uh, – ranked recruiting class this year. We actually – we start off with five recruits. I think we lost one to Texas. And that she kind of got messed up. She had some injuries in high school and then ended up wanting to be released. And she got released. And, uh, and I think she's off better places. Last I checked, she was at Texas. Um, but the first player I would like to say is we've got a girl. Her name is Jamia Mingo Young. And I'm, I don't know if it's Jamia or Jamia. I don't know. But uh, she was a 39th ranked player in, in high school. Uh, she just graduated. She was a top 10 player. She's from Louisiana. She tore uh, her ACL twice. I don't know. I don't remember if it was both. It didn't say if it was both ACLs or the same ACL twice. But. She was a top ten player before that, and has come back and is completely healthy. She played, she's playing in the, in the uh, world games. She's gonna be fantastic. Aliyah Matharu is the twenty eighth ranked player in the two thousand nineteen class, and the seventh ranked point guard from Forestville, Maryland. Another point guard. You know how Coach Schaefer is with those uh, with his point guards. Jayla Hemingway, the twenty fourth ranked player, ranked guard, and eighty ninth ranked player in the country from Colleyville, Tennessee, close to home. Had offers from all the big schools. Um, the headliner, though, is Rakia Jackson. She's a fifth overall player and the second wing player out of Michigan or from the Detroit area. Um, she is absolutely a stud. Over six feet tall, um, Victoria Vivian's reincarnate kind of was missed everything for Michigan basketball uh, for, for multiple years. All-American, as, as much of an All-American as they come. Th- these, guys, these kids are coming from far away all over the place are some of the best recruits in the country and are still coming to Mississippi State because what Vic Schaefer has built here is totally sustainable. That's the thing. It's, where our ba- it's what our baseball program is. It's what Alabama's football program is. It's sustainable, and it's not just a flash of the pan that lasts a couple of years and then fades away. We have to kind of build it back up. We have now stacked classes and stacked teams enough years in a row that it would take a lot of tomfoolery and mistakes to be made for this to fall apart which is what you like to see. Consistency is the most important thing for a uh, collegiate athletic program. And consistency is what you're going to see with these women's teams. Moving on, we uh, talked a lot about that to men's basketball. I'm going to let Gavin lead most of this discussion, if only because I had to lead most of the other ones. Okay. Um, so just looking at men's basketball right now, if y'all don't know, Reggie Perry is playing for uh, Team USA, and he's actually killing it right now. 
I'll just give you all a quick rundown of his stat line for the three games that he's played so far. Um, so, game one, he had 20 points, six rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. Game two, he had 10 points, one board, and four assists. And then um, game three, he had nine points and eight boards. So, it's looking like he could – he's a – Colton, would you say he's a potential SEC player of the year? For sure. He's definitely in that category, uh, especially with the talent that left this conference last year. A lot of people left, uh, including our own weather spinner, Eric Coleman and Lamar Peters. Um, he is going to have, if he has the year that he can have, if he, you know, plays up to like 95% of his potential, I think he would be the favorite to win that award. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, again, every, every single team this year, their best players are going to have to be new guys that are showing up uh, from either role positions last year or completely new to the team. None of these stars for pretty much in this entire league are, are, are stayed put. So that gives him that opportunity. A lot of people are, uh, have him in that conversation. He uh going to be really special. We're glad that he came back. If he will learn to have, I think, more force around the rim, um, let's, let's, you know, don't float over people. Get up there and, you know, draw contact and flush it down the hole. Um, I would like to see him shoot less three, either shoot less threes or shoot better threes. He made a few last year. He doesn't look comfortable doing that, but he still stakes them. That can really open up your game if you can make them enough to keep them honest. I'd like to see him do that, but who knows? Um, I'd also like to see him get uh, – plays and then also get other team in foul trouble by going up and dunking all, all over people and drawing contact. Yeah. And we know he can do that. So Oh he can. Yeah. He you know he was like he's like most freshmen trying to, you know, just go over the top of people that are, he's normally taller than instead of just going through people. He's so powerful yeah. athlete. Such powerful athlete. I've seen him and Rob, uh, Robert Woodard work out uh in the rec gym at the at Mississippi State. They are they're freaks. Absolute yeah. freaks. So you think how good do you think Woodard's gonna be? I was not high on either one of these freshmen last year until halfway through the season. I could see it in Woodard. I feel like he needs to be a little bit more under control and uh, more, you know, he would kind of get ahead of himself, I think. And then it seemed like when he got, when he wasn't going 90 to nothing, he would almost seem like he was too timid from the bad results he had had when he got too ahead of himself in the past Mm -hmm. and kind of wouldn't take initiative. He needs to just find that balance, I think. Uh, and free throws. His free throws yeah. were terrible last year. I think he shot fifty eight percent or less than fifty yeah. percent. And just part, I feel like a big part of that though is just maturity and getting more experience at the collegiate level. Yes. All right. So um, not quite moving. We'd love on. to keep Reggie Perry around for a couple years, but we'll see. Y'all, he tested the draft. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think if he tested the waters this year, and he comes back has a good year in college, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Yeah, Nick Weatherspoon tested it freshman year, and uh. Didn't, and did come back and didn't even try this year, and that might have to do with the discipline things. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with Nick, but uh, he's still not out of hot water, by the yeah. way. He might miss a couple of games at the beginning of the season next yeah. year. We're not positive. We expect him to play all the SEC games, yeah. though, as of right now. Speaking of Nick's brother, Q has started his summer league games with the Spurs, and he scored 13 points in his first game, including a half court buzzer beater. He did. He pulled up from like the timeline and banked one in at the uh, to end the third quarter. Yep. Looked dope. Looked nice. He uh, I think played good. Had a couple of assists too. Didn't play tonight. Uh, 
see summer league rosters have a lot of guys on them. They kind of rotate around. Yeah. Um, but he looks good, and I you just, this is one of those things. You just hope it sticks. You know, hope he makes he makes like the fifteen man roster, gets to be in the league. I predict he'll probably be like a two way player. For those of you that aren't familiar, there's uh you could be on a G League team. Uh, used to be called the developmental league. Now the Gatorade sponsored it, so now it's the G League instead of the D League, and. Uh, you can play most of your games with them and play like I think it's fifteen games with the with the actual franchise, and I can see Nick in that role, um, Nick mm-hmm. Q in that role, and uh, if he continues to progress from there, he can make he can uh, be on the roster long term, yeah. um, and he would not definitely not be the first second round pick to do really really well in the uh, in the pros. And the thing about Q is, you know he. Being in San Antonio is so huge for his development with the coaches that they have over there. Yes. Uh, if he doesn't get a chance at San Antonio and gets traded or picked up or signed somewhere else, um, you know that whatever foundation they lay is going to be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to baseball, just a quick rundown. Uh, we mentioned this last episode, but we'll say one more time. Boskew, Allen, and Jordan Westberg uh, are all – on Team USA, and then Coach Lamonis is an assistant. Uh, so, Foscue and Allen actually made the team. Westy didn't. Colton, what do you have on that? Um, I know that – I guess uh, Westy didn't just – there's a lot of – they're like 24 guys try out. They play on two different teams uh, against each other to see who gets to go. Um, they just – they only take, I think, 12 position players. Yeah. They uh don't quote me on the twelve position. No, players. I think that's right. I, I I thought it was too, but don't quote me. <laughs> um, of course, there's play some of the best uh, juniors and sophomores in the country are playing in these games, and uh, they've got it. They can only take a limited amount, so Westbury didn't make the cut. You know, it depends on just who has you know who has a hot week. You know, you have one week really in earnest to earn your spot who did have a hot week, especially as Foscue. He went four for eight, had two doubles and two RBIs in uh, two of those, the real trials, the real trial scrimmages. What I mean by that is uh, the nine inning games that they played against each other to see who was going to make it. Um, and obviously Tanner Allen did good. They've got Tanner Allen in left field, like we've talked about um, on the last show. Yeah. And he's doing well out there. Kind of more, a little bit more of a natural position for him. I think he plays great first base, but he's more built for an outfield spot. Yeah. Really, really anywhere um, but first. Really, but he does. I mean, you got to have him in the lineup, but he's and he's left-handed, so that limits your position. But he does. He does great at first. Only thing is, is you know, you worry about a couple getting over his head. I think he's his instincts at first are great. Uh, he reaches real far. Usually, he uh, he goes up for balls. He knows when to come off the bag and give up. On I was the impressed with how well he picked it this year. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't remember any getting by him. Uh, on the fielding play, I remember he did let some pickoff moves get by him, but that, you know, depending on the runner diving back, you know, you never know how that's going to yeah. go. I like pickoff moves when they when they work, but, I, you know, if you're not trying to get the runner out, just throw it at the first baseman's face. Yeah. If you're trying to get the runner out, then, th- then try to get him out. But sometimes I feel like we're not trying to get him out and we're throwing it down low, and that's just, you know, rest for disaster. Yeah. Um, Another athlete – Representing his country, but not the United States, is Eric Sarantola. He is pitching for Team Canada in the Pan American Games, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, he's the the new Maple Hammer. 
I don't. Can we call in that? Is that allowed? Sounds good to me. Jacob Robson was the Maple Hammer in 2016, but he was a position player, and I feel like the hammer describes the pitcher yeah, better. Sure. I don't know if Jacob Robson <laughs> would appreciate that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to ask him. Maybe we'll get him on the show. He's playing minor league baseball, so I doubt it. But <laughs> uh, he's uh, that's not that's actually not his nickname on the team. But he uh, he's pitching for Pan American Games. I've got him as a starter next year. A couple other guys have him as a starter next year. If I had to, uh, if you listen to our last show and listen to our guests, our guessing our starting nines, if if me and Gavin aren't allowed to change, I think I would get closer on the pitching and he would get closer on the uh, yeah. position the players. And I might be way off on the relievers. I think I got the starting rotation right, though. I'm pretty confident in that. But we'll see what happens come next year. Speaking of next year, Gavin, we got a, a really big honor this this week that pertains to next year. Can you um, tell them what it is? So, basically, the guys over at Perfect Game, which is arguably, you know, one of the most – would you say it's the most credible? It's It's definitely up there. Uh, you know, it's a, it's between Perfect Game, Baseball America, and D1 yeah. Baseball. I prefer D1 Baseball. Yeah. I, Actually, D1 Baseball's app is trash, but their publications and their reporting. Yeah, Kendall Rogers is great. But, um, so. Well, they, Kendall Rogers and Aaron Pitt actually go to every single game they possibly yeah. can. So, that's why I trust them a yeah. little bit more. So, um, basically, State <laughs> has been chosen for. Perfect games, eight for Omaha, which basically means that they're projecting us to make it back to Omaha next year, which is a relief. You know, I've seen some state fans be kind of negative about next year and say, oh, Jake's gone, Small's gone, Elijah's gone, uh, Cole Gordon's gone. There's no way we're going back to Omaha. But I don't think y'all realize how much raw talent is on this team. There's at least a little bit. (laughs) At least one. Um, I'm glad you said that, Gavin. Next episode, okay? We know y'all love baseball. We know we had a goodbye to baseball episode that nobody listened to because it was long and nobody wants to say goodbye to baseball. But next episode, we're going to lay out the entire, like, if there is a a single detail about the future of the program, thinking about 2020, you're going to get it, okay? We've got a list of all the recruits that are coming in, what they can do, who they are. We've got, you know, our predictions for all the teams in the conference next year. We've got who we th- more more on how we think uh, the lineup's going to look like next year. It's going to be something that you that you want you're going to want to tune into. Um, we also have a special yeah. guest coming up. Next and week, so. I'm I'm especially excited about the incoming freshmen that we're going to list off next week because I know quite a bit about two of them. That's right. Uh, probably the best one. You probably you know the most. Yeah, about the best Cameron one, which and is Hunter. Fantastic. So. Yeah. Um, moving on now, a sport that you might not have thought you're going to hear about on the show, but we love all our sports, especially the ones we're successful <laughs> with. No, I'm kidding. You, you can't <laughs> pick your favorite children. Um, I think you can actually pick your favorite sports though. But we're gonna we're being we're not just trying to be you know fair to all the sports and just try to get a clip in from each one to you know act like we care we actually do care we actually do care about all the you know anything the university excels in or competes in represents the university and the entire athletic department so yes you want your volleyball team to win yes 
you know, don't, I hate it. People say, I don't care if the volleyball team wins. I was like, yeah. Would you take baseball and football wins over volleyball team wins? Absolutely. Would you take those over tennis team wins? Absolutely. But those you don't you don't say you don't care. Those mean just as much to the actual athletic departments. Uh, that don't mean as much to our athletic department per se. Uh, probably the ones that would draw in the most crowds would. But that means just as much as far as like what the NCAA the NCAA. Well, cares and also. You know, these the student athletes are putting in just as much work as these bigger sports. Just, just because they're not just as yeah. much, if not more. You know, a lot. I tell you what, y'all, y'all might not realize only some sports have mandated limits yeah. on practice times. That's like some um, sports don't. If y'all, they can make track practice as much as possible. I happen to know that, and that might that might be changing. But yeah. track doesn't have a limit. They can That's practice. Why we're so Soccer good. doesn't either. <laughs> football, football, they have. There's only certain days you can practice. Certain yeah. amount of golf doesn't. Time. They're trying to limit how much time you can hit in practice. Golf doesn't. Golf. I, I, I'm best, really good friends with the golf player. They, you know Ford they Plague? I know yeah. a women's golf player actually. Okay, I guess so. Anyways, I, I'm just gonna be real quick with this. Ford Plague actually reached out to me on Instagram the other day, and he was asking – he's on the golf team, by the way. He just finished up his freshman year, and he's an absolute beast. But he was he was actually asking if I could, on my Instagram, cover more of the lesser-known or lesser-covered sports like golf and track and tennis and all that. And he was saying that, uh, you know, he feels like it's unfair because they put in a lot of work and don't get as much recognition. So – I will. He absolutely should. Tell him okay. we want him on the show. I will definitely reach out to him. Absolutely. I was going to get my, my friend to get on the show. Y'all love to listen to Ella. She has an accent. She's from New Zealand. So, y'all, if anything, <laughs> just listen to her talk. She's also extremely sarcastic. Uh, she'll probably make fun of me the whole time. But anyway, moving on. Uh, after that tangent, we're going to move on to what we actually trying to talk about. Uh, track. Track, we have a lot of athletes representing their – countries not always the united states but their home countries in different uh playing fields i guess you could say um this summer first of all we have seven all-americans all three javelin throwers from JavU hashtag JavU were all americans uh so that's impressive but curtis thompson of JavU is throwing at the american javelin festival in pennsylvania he in one competition got a got a bronze medal i don't know Exactly what a javelin festival. It sounds is, dangerous, but it's important because it wouldn't be there if it was. <laughs> it does sound dangerous. It sounds terrifying. No, I, I wouldn't. Would I'd watch <laughs> even a distance. This is javu. You can get hit from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, another person I'd like to mention, Tyree Horsford. He is representing Trinidad and Tobago in the U uh, twenty Pan American Games in Costa Rica. So that's just there's that's like kind of like a World Cup side of situation or like World Games, but just under twenty. Like there's a there's a limit. So he uh, he is doing that. He is a javelin thrower also. He's not a jab you quote unquote that you might have heard of because he's not uh, one of the three. Me- we had all three medalists this year, but he is a javelin thrower also. He's going to be next up. Yeah. He's younger, obviously. Congrats, um, Tyreek. He's going to be the next. He is going to be the next 
you know, NCAA, like, sh- like beating everybody. His next Marco. Okay. Um, speaking of another Marco, Marco Arop or Arup. I for- forgive me, Marco, for mispronouncing your name. And Brandon McBride, they are both competing in eight. They're eight hundred meter runners. You know, the the kind of distance runners. Um, they are both Canadian, and they are representing their country at the Pan American Games in Peru. The Pan American Games. Um, McBride, he is a former Olympian, verified on Twitter. Big deal. He still goes here. Former Olympian. I guess once. I feel like once yeah, Olympian, always an Olympian. I agree. Okay. He ha- is mentoring Marco Arup, who broke Brandon McBride's freshman record in the 800 meters, and they are like good buddies, and they both get to compete against each other for their home country of Canada. They're both Canadian, obviously. They are uh, fantastic athletes. Tra- track athletes, I-, I, hate- I feel really bad. You know, I'm going to pick on Gavin. Gavin's a golfer. Golfers don't have to be athletic at all. Look at yeah. John Daly. Patrick Reed. Not even a little bit. A lot of these track athletes, I play basketball against a track athlete today. He d- killed me on the boards, even though I'm bigger than him, was blocking him out. He just jumped over me. Those are some of the most athletic people on the in the world, and they don't get near enough recognition that yeah, a football player. I agree. Does. Football players can eat football players can eat hamburgers and uh, sausage, and you know, pig out during the off season. Track stars can't do that. Uh, finally, um, Logan Boss, a she's a female. Logan's a unisex name. Female high jumper representing the USA at the Pan American Games in Peru. Also, so we've got ten athletes including baseball and track stars, uh, not including the entire women's basketball team, representing their home country at, in a, uh, on some kind of field of play. That is just so – what an honor that your school is sending that many athletes to represent a nation. That is just something I want everybody to just consider for a moment. Rep- there is no greater responsibility that an athlete can have on the field, I believe, than to represent proudly the country where you were born and where you live. Um, I don't know about you, Gavin, but that's yeah, pretty uh, important to me. Olympics, Olympics are, cool. are cool, and it's cool when your school gets to go to the Olympics. That's right. We send Olympics. Olympians seem like every year now from track yeah. from the track team. <laughs> All right. Now, we've kept you mm-hmm. long enough. The reason you're all here is because now that it's July, it's yes, football it season. That's right. The season you've all been waiting for is here. We love our football. You know, I'm starting to lean towards baseball maybe being my favorite sport. I don't know, to watch. Ask me in December if that's the case. Yeah, that's what I changed with the seasons. I actually, I decided – I like watching Mississippi State play baseball more than anything, but I would rather watch somebody else play football than somebody else play baseball. That makes sense. I think that's how I feel. Um, what you probably no doubt, probably no doubt, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. What you've most certainly, most likely heard, that also doesn't make sense, <laughs> by now is that Jim Nagy, he is the director of the Senior Bowl, this guy has been evaluating every single college football senior. He talks to people to people that want, are interested in the drafts, like general managers and scouts. He talks to people in the NCAA and coaches and stuff. 
and he recruits, quote-unquote, or looks for people to sign to play in the Senior Bowl, which is like an all-star game for seniors that is coached by NFL coaches. They pick coaches from the NFL to come coach, and it helps your, improve your draft stock if you do well. Montez killed that at, uh, at the yeah. Senior Bowl this year, Montez Sweat, and that's part of the reason he got drafted as high as he did. Um, running a 4-2 as a defensive lineman, a 4-4, I should say, as a defensive lineman doesn't hurt either, but – Anyway, um, he said that the biggest surprise and one of the most impressive things he saw at the, at the Manning Passing Academy, if you're not familiar, they have that in Thibodeau, Louisiana every year. All the Mannings, all three, you know, and the ones, you know, Cooper too, all of them go down there and they coach quarterbacks on throwing the football. He said that Tommy Stevens was spinning that thing as good as anybody. Um and they weren't, you know, obviously we, nobody was really sure what he brought to the table when he's not been able to start. Uh, he's been behind Trace McSorley. But he's been cutting up down there. And uh, we've had a lot of, you know, Nick and Dak both went to the Passing Academy. Um, he is being really, really impressive as Stevens, I think. Would you agree? I think when somebody that's impartial, as Jim Nagy is, he doesn't care about Mississippi State any more than the other school – is coming out saying good things that, that that cannot be all smoke. Yeah, I definitely think that there there has to be some reality to what he's saying, and you know that's exciting to hear that. Uh, you know, a lot of people were thinking that Tommy Stevens could be the second option in this quarterback battle, and whenever you hear that, you know he's one of the most outstanding people at the Manning Passing Academy. That that's pretty exciting to hear. But one thing that I was wondering is why is Keaton not there? <laughs> He's training in uh, on the coast a lot when he's not doing workouts up here. He, uh, I actually messaged the uh, fern that he's training with. I forget what it's called. I need to look. He, um, I don't know how if that's by invite. I don't know if it's a senior thing because I know Dak and Nick went when they were seniors. I'm not sure how the Manning Passing Academy is set up, but. It is something that we'd like him to go to. Well, I, I think I, I don't trust. Well, Do what? I think I remember um, from being there last year with Nick. Okay, that so. I think that does ring a bell. He, uh, okay, well that would change some. That would change the senior theory. They, uh, I deleted the. I must have deleted the message where I messaged those guys. Let's see. Maybe I didn't. Oh, I found it. Keaton is training with NXT Training, is what it's called. It's located in New Orleans, and he's doing a lot of different drills. Um, he's in his hometown doing what he's doing. I think he's he's back on campus now, but that's what he was doing a lot during the summer. And some of the things they were putting through, I saw some videos. He was really impressive, like really tough stuff, working with a lot of uh, with medicine balls and trying to do things in sand where you're, uh, it's harder to get your footing and stuff. He, uh, they have a good system there. They're confident in what they're doing, which if you're training, if you're believing what you're doing and have a reason to, that's the most, most important thing. You know, there's a million and one things you can do if you're training Yeah. Uh, for any sport. So I'm impressed with the, that he is trying to put in a lot of work. The one thing I will say, speaking of putting in work, if Stevens doesn't get the job, all it's going to do is make Keaton have to work harder. Yeah. And that's never a bad thing. The best, we will have the best quarterback on the field. This year, we will have the best quarterback on the field, and whoever it is, if it's somebody that we've had on the team for years or for a year or for a couple months, 
Tommy Stevens coming over here either will be playing or he made the guy who is playing better. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. He will definitely make the younger guys better. He knows his offense. He can teach Garrett Schrader the offense. You know, he'll be that wise guy, the wise guy, not in the negative way, that wise leader to talk to Moose and Shred, Garrett Schrader, the two younger quarterbacks on the team, younger scholarship quarterbacks. They, this is cannot be a bad thing. So I wish people would just stop. Leave that one. Okay. Yeah. I um, mean, I said on my Instagram page that I think, and I probably said in the show too, that I think Keaton. I think I actually said it on the show more than Instagram, but I think that Keaton, I thought Keaton would still start. And the reason I said that is because I know I'm gonna say this: he did good, really, really good, not great. He did. I give him a seven seven point eight or so out of ten in the Louisville game in that bowl game, which is good. I saw a lot of his high school film. I watched like a whole half of football and uh, like six or eight of his highlight things on the huddle of Keaton, and his high school film looks amazing. You, I can't get enough of it. I go watch it for fun occasionally. Seriously. Um, his high school film actually looked better than Dak Prescott's high school film. By a lot. He was a three-star three for a reason, guys, in high school. Um, I did some thinking, though. Keaton has what we could basically call a start, you know, three and a half quarters against Ole Miss – where he had four turnovers that I will ex- I will excuse the turnovers because he was not ready for the moment as a freshman and also being thrown in there out of nowhere. And a, a few you of them were fumbles, Huh? A few of them were fumbles, though, right? Yeah, a few of them were fumbles. And I will – I'm telling you what, you, there's no excuses, but let's just say we could excuse the four turnovers, okay? He put up decent numbers, a very low completion percentage, but let us back uh, – let us come back and almost came all the way back against Ole Miss – who had a terrible defense. Let that sink in. Then he played Louisville. Who is Louisville's defensive coordinator? Peterson. <laughs> uh, it is safe to say that that is not a good defense. <laughs> we know what happened when Peter Sermon was our coach. Uh, it was actually the stu- the people on that defense were, were fine. Yeah. But you know it got worse losing Grantham and adding Sermon. Yeah. Because Todd Grantham was at Louisville, came to us, and then they just took our defensive coordinator, which is – they lost that deal. <laughs> um, and then he played – he had le- completed less than 50% of his passes against Stephen F. Austin. Th- had, we got, went for seven total touchdowns, but less than 50% of his passes against an FCS team in the season opener last year. And I realized something. If you look at Tommy Stevens – highlights where he is actually playing games and, you know, whether it's mop-up duty or he's having to come in for a series, something like that. He's doing it against a couple of real teams. One of his best games, he played a lot against Georgia State. The big touchdown pass, a perfect dime with somebody in his face, which if, you th- if somebody is coming at you hard and you hit a receiver in stride in the end zone and, you know, as you're getting out to the ground, it doesn't matter who it's against. That's always hard. So I'll give, leave that as it will. But Georgia State is the one game where that I saw where I watched film where he isn't playing conference games. He's, he got in in some conference games. I've got – there's good highlights for him against Michigan, against Maryland, against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern and Michigan, two good football teams. He has been getting it done in the opportunities that he's had. Keaton has been sufficient, not fantastic, but – 
consistent against subpar defenses. You know, Michigan's defense is good. Northwestern's is good. Um, Maryland's not so much, but, you know, those aren't the only teams that I saw him play against. Um, I don't think after, after you know, I, I can't act like hearing the thing from Jim Nagy didn't have anything to do with it. But I think even without that, I could have, I probably would have changed my mind if I had had this realization. What do you think? Do you think it's still stick? You, you thought it was Keaton too originally? Yeah, I thought it was Keaton up until literally today. Whenever I saw, um, whenever I saw Jim Nagy's tweet, I was just like, I don't know. It, it was just kind of like everything came full circle for me, and I was like, yeah, I think now I do think Thomas Stevens is the guy, just because. You know, like we said earlier, somebody an outside source who has no reason to have any bias at all. Um, you know, just making it so clear cut that Tommy Stevens appears to be one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. I just feel like he came to Mississippi State for a reason and it's not to convert to a wide receiver or to be used in, you know, a weird formation or something. You know, he came he came to Which we win could a, use Keaton as if he didn't start. Correct. Um. So yeah, I just think that he came to Mississippi State to be a starting quarterback. And of course, like that's an excellent point. Tommy Stevens thinks he's going to be the starter for sure. He wouldn't have come. Yeah. He's got one year left. What he's a graduate transfer. He's trying to get go pro. Jim Nagy said that. Nagy Nagy. I don't know. Said that. Uh, in a in a clarification tweet as well. He he in an article he had. He expects – he knows that Thomas Stevens expects to get drafted, and that's what – you know, he's not – Thomas Stevens is not going to get drafted if he's on the bench, first of all. Secondly, you don't know if Joe Moorhead guaranteed that to him. I don't think so. But I, one thing about Joe Moorhead that he did do, he went after Kelly Bryant hard. I saw Kelly Bryant on campus. He took a whole visit. He watched us play Arkansas, a team that he was thinking about playing for, and Swash just absolutely <laughs> destroyed Arkansas, annihilate. It was it was it was embarrassing. I you almost started to feel bad, almost not quite. But it was baseball. There's no remorse. <laughs> yeah, of course they don't feel sorry for us in baseball, so we don't feel sorry for them in football. Yeah. Um, if he's if he's coming after Kelly Bryant, going after Tommy Stevens, finally gets Tommy Stevens. You got to think that something's up. A lot of people wanted Nick benched. I was not one of those people. I wish I had this podcast back then. I would go off on people trying to get Nick benched. No comment. If Nick, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you if you want. If you ever call for a player to get benched, these coaches feed their families by winning football games. That's how they get paid. They win football games. The team keeps them on because they win. They don't get fired. They get hired by better teams because they win football games. They want the best player on the field. They are also the people that are around the players the most and that know know what the players can and can't do more than anybody else. If somebody is not benched or is benched or is not starting or is starting or is not playing or is playing, there is a reason. I promise. There is a reason that the coach has deemed fit. Very, very few people that besides the coaches are going to know more about that team than those coaches. Does that make does that make sense to y'all? I think so. They are paid to make those decisions. Their whole livelihood is based on those decisions, and they are good at it, or they wouldn't be SEC coaches in our specific case. I'm talking about all coaches, though. I'm not saying that they can't make that mistake at all, but 
I doubt. Enough about that. When you look at all the evidence, Keaton was, you know, if Nick needed to be benched last year, Keaton would have been the starter, and he never became that. Um, never did good, never did great passing in any of the teams that he's played against, and none of those teams have been good de- defensively at all. His – the fact that we are going after recruiters and the fact that the best the, the best thing I've ever seen from Keaton was still in high school, I think Keaton could be an outstanding quarterback. But if you ask me right now, I think Tom Stevens is a touch better, at least, you know. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I mean, I wouldn't agree with you about the high school thing being the most impressed. I was, I was very impressed against Stephen F. Austin last year. I was not. I, just looking at the, that completion percentage, I'll tell you what, I was watching that game. First half, I was like, this kid's got it. In the second half, he missed a lot of throws to his left a lot. And I was like, you know, it's kind of like you can play a basketball player that can't dribble left and you kind of start shading. They kind of started doing that. Uh, forced him to go that way. Yeah. But the seven touchdowns was impressive. I, I in the moment I was impressed, but it's more looking back and it, making it all fit together as a collective. He was only pa- he didn't have any passing touchdowns. It was eleven for twenty, which isn't bad against Louisville. And as a freshman with no coaching staff to get that win, I think that's the most impressive thing that he's done in college for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was you know seven touchdowns is great, but that was. Impressive. He did have some rushing touchdowns in that game. Um, another thing, if you don't know about Thomas Stevens, Duke can absolutely run. He'll run you slap over. Uh, so don't think that we're just swapping out, you know, a Tom Brady in, uh, instead of a Cam Newton, you know, and not, not to say that Cam Newton can't throw, he can, but uh, not saying uh, Keaton Thompson can't throw because he can. But Tommy Stevens will lay you flat. Uh, he's 6'5, uh, like 230 ish, and is fast, very fast. They, they they handed him the ball more than they more than he threw the ball in college at uh, Penn State. Um, moving on, still talking about football. We're in a dead period right now, recruiting wise. So we're going to talk about this recruiting a little bit about recruiting, not a ton today, but um until the let the latter part of July, no contact other than no in person contact and no official visits can be made. Okay, that's how that period works. You can still text and call. Uh. Unofficial visits, of course, because, you know, they can't tell you when to not just come to campus. I mean, they're not kicking you off the school grounds. But (laughs) no official visits. The last two recruits we got. So right now we have 20 guys in the class, which is a lot. That concerns me a little bit. Last year we finished with 22. A lot of those committed during high school football season or right after. And – we saved those spot, three spots for transfers, and it worked out. We have a transfer defensive lineman from Louisville, uh, Tommy Stevens, of course, transfer punter from South Alabama. South Alabama, and a transfer receiver from Kansas State. We had one player transfer out. That's Keith Nixon, and three scholarships not signed. That math adds up. There's 100 players in scholarship. 20 players already, three four-stars and 17 three-stars. It's good that we don't have any two stars, but I feel like this class is going to fill up quick. We're the eight, we're the nineteenth ranked class right now, and it's mostly because we have more signees than most teams. Ole Miss has about the same amount. Uh, a couple other teams have a bunch. 
realistically, if we if we finish today, our class rank will be closer to in the thirties. That sounds great. I know we're recruiting guys to fit our system, and we're kind of I think we're trying to build this thing back up from the ground up, and that might be painful. But uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if a couple guys that were committed lost their spot because we got a few higher, more. You know, I hate I hate doing that to a kid, oh, yeah. but if we got some guys that we needed more, uh, simply because you can only sign twenty five a year, unless somehow you get scholarships back, like Ole Miss. We're not going to be able. I don't think this is going to hold. I don't. I think we're going to lose some recruits and not by their choice is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And I hope we don't for those kids' sakes. I would almost rather not take the better kid just because. You know, you, you we talked about hurting feelings. You don't want to – we're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. If somebody's feelings get hurt over the, the quarterback thing, that's their own fault. We're trying to make the team better. I do feel a little bit worse about hurting somebody's feelings that's not on the team, making them feel bad when they're a high school team. Yeah, and when you, you – know, When you told them that they're allowed to be on your football team and then you take it away from them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of tough. Um, speaking of some of those signees, our last two commits, this happened. If you're on our Instagrams, you've got this news it's almost as soon as it happened. Uh, I actually broke these really quick. Um, Ladeatric Tulu Griffin, and Tulu is much easier to say than Ladeatric. So I'm going to call him Tulu, and that's what everybody calls him. It's what he calls himself. He's a four-star receiver. He decommitted earlier in the spring and then recommitted, which is great. Uh, he's an in-state four-star guy. We need that – talent at receiver with the transfer that we got and I think not losing anybody last year we can take a step up in the receiving game we need to keep building momentum because the one position group that we really lose out to Ole Miss in state is receiver and it's also a position group that has not been a huge factor probably since like in, in our game at all since like Chad Bumpus yeah. you know Deronda Wilson was good Fred Ross Jamie on Lewis Jamie on Lewis of course I, that's that's yeah Jamie Lewis and Chad Bumpus are above those guys. I think I just said. If you would you agree? Um, let's see. I'd say younger Jamie on was definitely better than older Jamie on. Uh, things happen, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, and I feel like Bear could have been really special if he wouldn't have left early. Bear shouldn't have left, and Bear was a basketball player. He had so much room. Yeah. I don't. It was not a good decision. Mm-hmm. He didn't get drafted. That wasn't good. Um, either way, uh, I feel bad for him. But the last – anyway, getting LaDietrick Griffin was important. Another guy, Janari Dean, he's a three-star, probably should be a four-star. He might move up. And the reason I say that is, a lot. first of all, a lot of these stars are just based on who offers. If Alabama offers, you're automatically a three-star at least. And that was proven – when uh, at least on by some recruiting sites, by rivals you will be because that was proven when somebody created a fake recruit said tweeted out that he got an offer from Alabama and all of a sudden he's on rivals dot com with a three star. Yeah. Rivals does recruiting. Three big companies are Rivals, ESPN, and and they got a full. Sports. Not only that, but they had a full paragraph about him talking about his strength. Oh yeah, and they had a whole article. Fan freaking tastic! I love that. That. Oh, <laughs> That goes to show you how much this stuff doesn't matter as bad. We're talking about it. Everybody loves to talk about recruiting. A whole fake recruit that didn't exist had articles written about it by recruiting uh, analysts and literally scouts. Do you see how messed up this industry is, guys? Okay. Take everything we say about recruiting with a grain of salt, to a grain of salt, for football recruiting especially. Yeah. Um, 
But Janari Dean, his three-star guy, he Georgia wanted him bad. Uh, Arkansas and Alabama wanted him. Um, interest from Auburn offers from those schools that I mentioned, plus Tennessee and some other schools farther away. Ole Miss, of course, he's from Batesville, which is right in Ole Miss's backyard, so that feels good to get him. Uh, he just committed. Um, we've had some nasty DBs recently. You know, Cam Dancer's doing great. Jonathan Abram was an absolute stud. I'd like to keep building on that momentum that we have, and I think Janari Dean can go a long way to doing that. Uh, those are two 2020 guys that will get to play one another year of high school football. We'll get to, you know, have more film put out, more recruit uh, recruiting coordinators and coaches coming and watching them. Uh, so that's why summer commitments are terrifying. You know, you expect to keep most of those commitments, but when you have a guy that already decommitted once and recommit, you get nervous about those kind of kids. Everybody was nervous about Nathan Pickering last year, except me. I was right. I was I was, I was nervous about Jerry and Jones. I was not nervous about Jerry and Jones. I was if I was gonna pick one of the two to leave, I would have picked Nathan Pickering. But uh um both of those guys shouldn't even play this year. Y'all will get to know those yeah. names pretty Pickering pretty Pickering good. was flirting with Florida, if I remember, wasn't he? He was Florida and uh the thing is he said when he committed, Hey, I'm still gonna take all my visits and then he even ended up canceling some of those visits. Yeah. You get five official visits. He canceled two, one or two of them. And but he said from the get go, he's gonna take them. Don't worry about it. I'm just gonna have my have my time in the show in the in the limelight, yeah. you know, my 15 minutes of fame. But he'll have more another 15 minutes coming up at least, <laughs> if not 30 minutes. Um. Other than that, uh, we will have after we do a baseball episode. I don't think we'll have a whole other episode for special guests. I think it will be tacked on to that next episode. We we'll, can't promise anything there. But we will pretty much get to talking about football. Um, we've got – we are now almost just a little over 60 days out, August 31st. We'll start off against Lafayette in what is technically a neutral site game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Obviously, that's a lot closer to Louisiana Lafayette, which they just go by Louisiana now. But y'all all know them as Lafayette. That will be closer to them than it is to us. I doubt they have more of them than there are us in the stadium. Though. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, could be. Uh, we'll get to talking about schedules of next uh, next time we talk about football. Uh, game times have been released. Game times don't look good, guys. Be some hot ones, yeah. but we'll talk about yeah. all that. Last year we were lucky. Just say that. And we'll put and next uh, next football episode. We will probably give our projections. Yes, yes, we'll have our projections. I struggle with my projections bad. Ooh, it's on my Instagram if you want to look. So sneak mm-hmm. peek. Go follow, go like, <laughs> but I'm going to talk through those projections and I'll, and I'll talk through it on Instagram too, but I'll go more in depth on here. Struggled with those. I could, I could switch half of those. Uh, I could switch almost everything I predicted right now. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today though. I think we did keep it a little bit shorter. Woot, woot. Good for us. Uh, good for y'all. <laughs> y'all don't have to listen to us drone on. Gavin, you have anything else? Um, No, I do not. All right. Oh, actually, actually, um, actually. Uh, we Hold the phone. Yeah. Colton and I wanted to extend uh, our thoughts and prayers to the Angels organization. Just that's every, right, that's everything right. that's Can going on this? with Tyler Skaggs. Uh, just thoughts and prayers for his family and uh, just praying that they find comfort in the scary time that they're going through right now. And actually, the, the Angels have a uh, player get injured tonight, Tommy Listella. 
So hopefully he'll have a quick and speedy recovery. Yeah. Um. Right-handed pitcher Skaggs, he just died. He's 27. Yeah. They're not exactly positive what it is. People are saying heart attack. He had a wife. I'm not sure. Oh, my gosh, man. That's just – I'm not sure how a 27-year-old professional athlete has a heart attack. That's crazy. You know, and whatever it is, whatever he died from, is it, this is an absolute tragedy. Uh, there's people that loved him. There's a team that loved him. This isn't the first time that a young pitcher has died, even in the last couple of years. Uh, this is not – People die every day. Young people die every day, and as sad as it is. And I know it's not fair for a, a professional athlete to get more recognition than all those people, but the, that guy's family, that guy's team is still hurting. And he's got an extended family that includes every single member of that organization that care about him, that worked with him every day. You know, how many of y'all are working in an office and somebody under 30 just dropped dead? With that, with that, How would you feel? You know, that's how all these people feel. And especially somebody that's supposed to be at peak health. He's a he's a he's an athlete. Um, he literally pitched just like a, two days before it happened. Just, I mean, just crazy, just crazy. Uh, I couldn't imagine. No. Um, now that is all we have uh, for today. That's all I have to talk about. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to attempt, whatever's going on, best of luck to you. Have fun, make good choices, and most importantly. Hail State and praise the Lord and go dogs. We'll see you next time. Hail Mississippi.